If you would this morning turn with me to the epistle to the Romans chapter 13. That's Romans chapter 13 and we're going to look at verses 11 through 14. Uh, it's been a joy to have Voices of Zambia here with us. Thank you for that beautiful music. And uh, you know the term you I heard it over and over again in your songs, Hallelujah, and it was what you even said yourself multiple times to us and we back to you. Uh, that's a term that is across all languages. In other words, that doesn't need translation. Uh, it, it, it is said in all languages of Christians. And it's really a Hebrew, two Hebrew words smashed together that simply means uh, praise Yahweh. And so uh, that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing today. We're praising the one and true and only living God. If you will, listen to these words here from the Apostle Paul found at the very end of chapter 13. Notice what he says here. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. Your Word this morning is for us. And so, Lord, by Your Spirit, would You enliven these words to our hearts and help us then to live them out in You, we pray in Your most holy name. Amen. Merry Christmas! And a Happy New Year is the saying that's floating around, and yet many people have ceased to say Merry Christmas because they would say, Christmas is finished. Christmas is done. I'm finally done with that, and whew, I made it through. You know, I've still got the bills to pay in January, but um, I'm still intact, right? And most people are actually glad that Christmas is over. They're already hacking away their Christmas tree and packing everything up, up until next year, and then again dreading this season of the year. And yet in the Christian church, we're still saying Merry Christmas. We still have Christmas decorations out for you and you're wondering probably, what in the world's going on? Well, the church, and by the church I mean the one only church that Jesus started. You know, He only started one. He didn't start two or three. Uh, There's only one true church and it is led by Jesus Christ at the head. And the church has given to us over the ages 12 days to celebrate this one event of the Incarnation, of God becoming flesh, God becoming a baby, the Eternal One coming into our temporal time and space. It's such a big event that it's a 12-day feast. And so don't pack up everything just yet. So much as to say, look, we still need to be celebrating this event that changes everything. Not just our own life, but the life of the whole world. Because He is the light of the world. 
And He has come into this world, into this dark world, and cast His light. And now we are called to be light. And so, uh, before, you know, before you go this new year, forming your calendar around uh, the world's calendar. Because trust me, Walmart has a calendar. And if you go into Walmart in January, you're already going... Actually, it may be already out now. Valentine stuff. They're already a month ahead of everything else. Uh, they're going to roll out. And if you get caught up in, in school life or our government's calendar or consumerist marketing calendars, you're going to be tossed to and fro during this next year. And, and you know what? Don't live just by those calendars. I understand you've got to live by ball schedules and this and that. Trust me. Uh, we, we know all about that. But at the same time, we as Christians live in a rhythm of time. One of those rhythms is celebrated this very morning. Worship. Sunday mornings have always been designated as a Christian time of worship. Why? Because of the resurrection. Jesus rose again on the first day of the week. And on the first day of the week, Christians have set aside that day as a day to come and worship the Lord. And so, this is one of the rhythms we put ourselves in is every single week, it's just 52 times a year, we make the effort to get up, get dressed, and go to worship the Lord with other believers. This is something we must commit ourselves to as Christians. And so... We have also this Christmas season, which really just gives us two Sundays. And this is the first of those. We'll have another one next week where we'll have all the decorations out, the manger, the nativity scene, which represent for us what God has done to save us. And this is also a season in the church. It's not the first. It's actually Advent begins the church calendar. And then you move to Christmas. Then you move to Epiphany, which is the appearing uh, which is actually introduced by the wise men. Uh, we'll be talking about that over the next few weeks. Then you go straight into Lent, which is a time of fasting. A time of cutting off things that don't need to be in our life. Stopping them. Reducing. Putting away. Cutting out. And then we move straight into Easter and then to Pentecost. This is the flow of the church calendar. And so I would invite you this year, don't just be pushed around by your business schedule or marketing schedules or baseball or soccer or football schedules. But instead, follow a schedule that makes you holy. These are seasons where we focus in on certain events that have changed the world. That have changed, yes, our, our, even our hearts. Such as... God's own coming. You know, time is, is really interesting to, to study uh, just from a philosophical point of view. The time-space fabric of our world is really interesting stuff. I mean, this is some of the things that Einstein himself toyed with and changed our whole world. Is the space-time fabric is what he called it, ultimately. Uh, but even beyond that, just in this very room, we all have some time pieces probably represented in our pocket from our cell phone or maybe a watch. 
uh, maybe watch the sun and can understand, maybe not today, where, what time of the day it is. But we're all concerned with time. I mean, even you, when I got up here to preach, probably were thinking, aren't we finished? Isn't this it? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. Last week I went 7 minutes and 38 seconds. So I can keep it down if I want to, right? Um, sometimes the Lord has a little more to say than just 7 minutes though, to unpack. Uh, this week will also be brief, but the point is, we are interested in time. And yet, we waste a lot of time. We let it go unnoticed sometimes. We get caught up and don't recognize that time is life. And our life is made up of time. And as the seconds click by, what are we doing with life? The sermon today is called The Present. It's a playoff words. At Christmas, we get presents, and yet one of the greatest presents we received is every time that the second hand clicks is the present and is a present from God. We do not sustain our own lives. Every breath comes from Him. Every good thing comes from God. There's a story that sticks with me that was told to me at my dad's church by a guy that was studying to be a nurse. He said that he went in with the surgeon after, a, after an open heart surgery on a fellow and the surgeon was, you know, he did a great job doing the, doing the open heart surgery. He came in to inform the elderly lady that uh, you know, her husband was going to be okay and that everything went perfect in the surgery and he was able to get everything accomplished that he wanted to. And as soon as he told the lady that, she said, uh, you know, thanks be to God. And he said, why are you thanking God? I'm the one who did the surgery. That's a way to look at life. That's one way to live life is to think that you did everything. Self-originating. You know, of course... It's hard to think on your feet when a moment like that, but now looking back, what I would have said had I been there and been quick on my feet would have been, oh, did you make the instruments that you use today? You forged them in your own home. You also created these surgeries, is that right? They were not handed to you? They were not taught to you? You also made your own brain? You self-existed? You must be a first. <laughs> Obviously, this is ridiculous. He did not do the surgery by himself. He did it with a host of other opportunities, peoples, ideas, instruments. We sometimes get lost in time and think that we are going to live forever. We just naturally don't think about death and quite frankly don't like to. There's an old saying that says, there's nothing that will clear the mind and center you more than knowing that tomorrow you'll hang. If you knew that tomorrow was it for you, would you do the same things you're doing today? Not to say that we can't relax. Not to say that we can't enjoy and have fun and play. These are things God designed us for. But we waste our life when it is not centered in Jesus Christ. Time is important because Jesus entered our time. He's the eternal one, yes. He offers to us 
eternal life. But that eternal life must be accepted. It must be lived. It must be worked out in this temporal world where we are aging, where we are slowing down, where we are not in control of our body at the end of the day. You see, the eternal one who is not limited by time or space enters time and space by that by the incarnation, by Christmas. That's what Christmas is about. He takes on humanity so that he can save humanity. And that happens in time. And so, you know, as, as just at the end of this year, I mean, this is the last Sunday. This is the 52nd Sunday of the year. This is it of 2014. As far as worshiping with your brothers and sisters, your church family, this is it. So my question this morning that I posed to myself, that God posed to me this week through these words of Paul, is this. Do we know our time? He says, besides, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. Has part of 2014 found you sleeping on the job? We are to be about the King's business. If Jesus really is the center, then that means He supersedes our job. He supersedes our relationships. Now, He likes your job. He's the one who gave it to you. He wants you to do a good job there. He likes your family. He wants you to spend time there. But, just as Jesus said in His earthly life, if you don't love Me more than your wife, more than your job, more than your mother or father, then you have no right to be in the kingdom. Those are tough words. Either Jesus is the most egocentric person to ever live, self-centered enough to tell me that I need to love Him more than my wife, or He's God. He's God. He is the one and true and only living God that became man in order to save us. Now, it's our turn to live that out. And all we have before us is our time, which is life. When you waste time, you waste life. Now, you say, well, hey, I'm a go, go, go kind of guy. I mean, I'm just, you know, sun up to sun down every day. Well, that too, the Bible would correct you on. There must be seasons of rest. I mean, look, in Huntsville, we don't have the problem of people being lazy. We have the people problem, uh, we have the people problem of working too much, letting jobs consume, letting ladders dictate everything we do. And what the Bible says concerning the Sabbath is you must rest. No work. That's a tough one for people to swallow in this area. I know it's different around other places, but not here. That's a tough one. It must happen. This year, you must commit to seasons of rest. Seasons of worship. Time. Time is what we have. Time is life. And our life is time. Now, we will grow old. We will slow down. We will start fading. Uh, and this is, this is always a tough thing to see. Recently on our trip to Mississippi, we visited with my grandmother who has just been put in a nursing home. And 
it's a really tough thing to see someone who used to have such a lively kitchen have a very dead kitchen. Nothing going on in the kitchen. Someone who used to be filled with life and joy fading away. Stuff to watch. But the good news is, as I looked at my memo, is I thought, she has eternal life. Yes, this temporal life is fading away. It'll fade away for all of us. But that eternal life never fades, never gets old, is always new every single morning. Notice these words, the night is far gone, the day is at hand. As the sun sets on 2014, there's a new sun that is rising for 2015. Don't sleep through this year. Be about the king's business. You've already heard testimony this morning of what God is doing. It's predicted, by the way, to follow up what John said, that in 20 to 30 years, the center of Christianity will no longer be America, but Africa. So what are we going to do? We're in a unique season here in America, aren't we? It's not unlike other cultures, though. It's not like unlike other times and places in the church. We must hold the line. Wake up to what God is doing. Wake up to what He's calling you to. Wake up to the love He has, the forgiveness He offers, the peace that He wants to bring through us. That's the only way He's going to do it is through the church. That's His designated means in the world to work because when he himself comes back, it shows over. That's right. That's it. The Calvary comes riding in, and the scripture says, Let those who are righteous remain righteous, and those who are wicked remain wicked. But until that day, we have the opportunity to live out Jesus Christ in this area, in regionally and globally. It's an amazing opportunity that is set before us. What we have is time. We, no, nobody knows how much, but what time He has given to us, let us use it for His glory, for His kingdom, for His work. Amen.